Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T, and I hope you're having a great day. Before I get started, if you could do me a favor, hit that like button and subscribe to my channel. It's a free way that you can help me. 59-year-old Debbie Collier was found deceased on Sunday, September 11th at approximately 12.44 p.m., I want to recreate the events leading up to when she was found. What follows is from the incident report filed by Sergeant Ethan Neal of the Habersham County Sheriff's Office. Note that Debbie had been reported missing the day before, a little after 6 p.m., when her husband, Steve Collier, with his stepdaughter, Amanda Bearden, by his side, dialed 911 from the Collier residence in Athens, Georgia. So by this point, Debbie Collier had been officially missing for 18 and a half hours. It could not have been an easy sleep for Steve Collier, Amanda Bearden, and Jeffrey Bearden, who no doubt would have been told about his mother's disappearance. Let's begin. Sunday, September 11th, at 12.28 p.m., Sergeant Ethan Neal of the Habersham County Sheriff's Office is notified by the Habersham 911 dispatch that a caller from Sirius XM Service has been pinging a vehicle per the request of the Athens-Clark County Police Department in reference to a missing person. The caller from Sirius XM Service advises the 911 dispatch that they have been attempting to locate the vehicle and believe it to have stopped or pulled over in the area of Georgia 15 northbound near Victory Home Lane in Clarksville, Georgia. That vehicle turned out to be the 2022 black Chrysler Pacifica rental car that missing mom and wife Debbie Collier had been driving on Saturday. Next, Sergeant Neal requests that Officer Dakota Foster of the Tallulah Falls Police Department head to the area where the vehicle has been pinging in an attempt to track down the Chrysler Pacifica. A short time later, Sergeant Neal is notified by Officer Foster that he's found the Chrysler Pacifica. Debbie Collier's vehicle has been located. At that point, Sergeant Neal heads out to where the vehicle was discovered. When Sergeant Neal arrives on scene, he observes the vehicle parked in what appears to be a pull-off that leads to an old logging road. Sergeant Neal is then notified by Sergeant Foster that he'd noticed the same vehicle at that same location the day before on Saturday at approximately 5 p.m. Foster tells Neal that vehicles routinely pull into this spot. It sounds like Foster is trying to explain away why he didn't pull over on Saturday to investigate the parked car. And note that Debbie Collier had not been reported missing at that point, so I guess there would have been no reason to find the vehicle suspicious. 
Foster also tells Neil that when he checked the Chrysler Pacifica today, the vehicle was unlocked and unoccupied. Foster explains to Neil that after finding the car unoccupied, he walked into the wood line a short distance to see if he could immediately locate Debbie Collier, but he was unable to do so. At this point, Sergeant Neal requests that the Lee Arendale Correctional Institute's canine search dog come out to the location. Sergeant Neal also requests that Deputy Blake Forrester come to the scene to help in the search for Debbie Collier. So while Sergeant Neal is on scene waiting for Deputy Forrester to arrive with the canine, he sees a car drive up with a female driver. That female turns out to be Debbie Collier's daughter, 36-year-old Amanda Bearden. Bearden gets out of her car and is immediately observed to be hysterical. Upon seeing the Chrysler Pacifica, Bearden begins screaming that it belongs to her mother, Debbie Collier. Why is Amanda Bearden hysterical at this point? Although her mother's car has been located, doesn't necessarily mean that all hope of finding Debbie alive is lost. You would think she'd be hopeful in that moment, thinking positive thoughts that her mom's going to be okay, that maybe she got injured hiking, but she's still alive. Sergeant Neal will later find out that the Athens-Clark County Police Department notified Amanda Bearden when they found out that her mother's Chrysler Pacifica was pinging by Sirius XM service. So when Sirius XM called the police, they realized that the pinging vehicle belonged to the person who'd been reported missing the day before by Amanda Bearden, and that would be Debbie Collier. So the police department then calls Amanda, whose name is on the missing persons report, and they share the approximate location of the latest ping with her. Amanda, upon learning the news, immediately drives to the vehicle's location, and she arrives in record time. How was Amanda Bearden able to get to the vehicle's location so fast from Athens, which is 60 miles away? It turns out Amanda wasn't in Athens that Sunday morning. She told the police that she was in Raboon County, looking for her mother when the police department called her about the ping. Note that Raboon County is approximately 24.6 miles northeast of Clarksville, where Debbie Collier's rental car was found. The drive down from Raboon to Clarksville takes about 30 minutes. Why was Amanda up in Raboon looking for her mother on Sunday? What letter to that specific location, just 24.6 miles north of the crime scene? I'm going to speculate a little bit here. Now, remember, Amanda has not been named a suspect, nor has she been charged with any crime. This is pure opinion and speculation. Is it 
possible that Amanda was hovering just 30 minutes away from the crime scene on Sunday so that she could then quickly drive to the location of the car and begin her next act, the act wherein she pretends to be hysterical. If Amanda was responsible for this heinous crime, she would have already known that her mother was deceased. In her mind, maybe she thought that the appropriate reaction of a daughter upon learning that her missing mother's car has been found should be hysteria, shouting, screaming, an over-the-top freakout. Also noteworthy, Amanda was only given a general idea of the ping's location, so how was she able to find the exact spot so quickly? I'm just wondering because it's all sort of weird. But let's get back to the pull-off area where Debbie's car has been located. So Amanda shows up and she's hysterical. Despite Amanda's screaming and yelling, Sergeants Neil and Foster manage to briefly speak with her and ask her general questions about her mother's mental health and medical history. So Amanda tells them that her mom has no history of mental health issues, and she denies that her mother Debbie had any issues about wanting to hurt herself. Amanda also states that her mother has a bad back and she could not have walked far. While the two sergeants are chatting with Amanda, Deputy Forrester arrives, and he's got his canine search dog with him. Now, the dog is named Zane. Zane is a nationally certified tracking dog. Sergeant Neal briefs Forrester on the incident and requests that he deploy Zane immediately to try and find Debbie Collier. Now, I'm assuming someone keeps Amanda away from the rental car and prevents her from following the canine dog and the detective as they begin their search for her mother. So Deputy Forrester deploys Zane, and the dog immediately runs around the vehicle to the driver's side door. He then scampers into the wood line of the old logging road. Sergeants Neal and Foster follow Deputy Forrester and Zane into the woods. Forrester with Zane stays approximately 20 to 30 feet ahead of Neal and Foster. As Zane scurries about, Neal and Foster scan the woods on both sides for signs of Debbie Collier. So Zane runs 50 yards northeast, but he's unable to establish a track, meaning he cannot pick up a scent. Zane then runs in a south-southeast direction. Heading this way, the dog quickly establishes a track. He works south-to-southeast, away from Tallulah Gorge, and away from GA-15. Zane tracks in that direction for one-fourth of a mile. That's when Deputy Forrester notices a red bag through the thick brush. As he approaches the red bag, he notices a blue object that appears to be a tarp. As he travels still farther down the hill, maybe 10 to 15 feet, Forrester spots a tan object. 
upon approaching this object, he realizes that it's a person. Forrester then calls out to Sergeant Neal that he's located an item. Sergeants Neal and Foster approach, and they observe a red tote bag laid on its side near an uprooted tree. At the root ball of the tree, Sergeant Neal observes what appears to be the remains of a fire. It's obvious that someone put that red tote bag there, perhaps as he or she or they removed the black tarp and the torch lighter from it. As Sergeant Neal approaches the fire, he looks farther down the embankment. There he observes what appears to be a partially burnt blue tarp. Looking even farther down the embankment from the tarp, he sees Deputy Forrester standing near a female without her clothes, lying on her back, grasping a small tree with her right hand. When Sergeant Neal approaches, he immediately sees that the woman is deceased. He's able to identify her as Debbie Collier. Sergeant Neal then goes into overdrive, making sure the crime scene is protected, calling for backup, placing crime scene tape around the black Chrysler Pacifica, and starting a crime log at approximately 15.06 hours. That's military time for 3.06 p.m. At some point, Debbie Collier's husband, Steve, shows up at the scene. It's now raining, and he's come prepared with an umbrella. One can only imagine how the horror and shock of those moments, along with the dreary rain coming down, affected Steve Collier and Amanda Bearden. A short time later, crime scene investigators arrive on scene. A wrecker service also turns up to remove Debbie's rental vehicle and drive it to another location for processing. Upon completion of the initial investigation at the scene, a coroner is allowed to collect Debbie Collier's remains. This is how the minutes passed from the moment the Sirius XM service noticed the ping from Debbie's rented Chrysler Pacifica to the moment the coroner showed up to ensure the remains were carefully removed and taken to the coroner's office for an initial autopsy. If you enjoyed this video, please hit that like button, subscribe, leave me a comment. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories.